Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast is the darkest timeline. So you just got me for today. And uh, today we're talking about um, the best place to lose weight. Starting a running club, uh, storms and uh, movies and games. There's no TV I'm afraid. If you're here for the TV, sorry. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. And the big one there is share the podcast around. Word of mouth is a wonderful thing when it comes to podcasting. And we would certainly appreciate if you could... uh, I was going to say something strange then. Um, Share the podcast around, people. Please. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, The Darkest Timeline. How you doing? You alright? Are you well? As always, I have to presume that you said yes. Um, which in a lot of ways is probably quite rude of me. I should assume that you've said, yeah, fine. Um, bit of a funny one this week. Let me jump over to my list and see what is available. Oh, yeah, I've got a, a doozy to start with. Um, I went to three parents' evenings over the space of... It was, it was two days, but it wasn't two days, two consecutive days. It was a Monday and a Wednesday. Um, yeah. Um, first parents' evening... For my youngest daughter. Um, it's one of those things you get an idea. You get an idea. Of how parents even is going to go. Um, and I imagine since starting school. Um, unless anything major has happened. Then my youngest daughter is going to get a reasonable parents evening. And I was... Not wrong. So, that was that. It was good. It's always good when, you know, another person says, hey, your child's doing well. Like, cool, perfect, wonderful. I walk out of the room, I'm like, sounds like she's doing fine. Two days later, I'm back. Back in the school, back for parents' evening. Go to see my middle daughter's teacher, um... Not a teacher that I know. Um, I think she's a newer addition to the school. Um, which is one of those you don't really know sort of what you're getting, what you're getting into, what you're getting, what you're going to end up dealing with. Um, gone are the day, <laughs> gone are the days. Years and years and years ago, I used to go and do parents' evening. Um, but it was back when it was a different breed of teacher, uh, and there was one teacher who was notorious for a variety of different things. 
and parents evening was always a roller coaster um if i'm honest i always felt that this teacher had maybe a little bit of a screw loose um so you just never knew what you were gonna get it was uh yeah entertaining but in yeah interest so a new teacher to deal with so you gotta sort of get that kind of well what's this teacher gonna be like um this teacher hit me with a bit of a curveball because she gave my middle daughter an absolutely glowing um parents evening type thing um proper like wow that's that's some good going um she was very impressed i was very impressed we were all very impressed um there was a point where i had sort of like hold in the emotions i was a bit like oh wow she's doing real well um you know do you have any questions or how she how she doing with this absolutely fine absolutely fantastic i was like oh there was something that came up in a previous parents evening from a previous teacher anything of that no absolutely none of that i don't know i i to the point is i don't know what you're talking about i was like there we go perfect fantastic wonderful um i look through i look through my middle my middle daughter's books they're great lots of ticks lots of um general sort of couldn't be much better um i went to see my eldest teacher and initially i couldn't find the books and i'm like "Uh uh-oh that's probably a bad sign and I, I kept looking on all these different tables. I was like, this is this year's books. This is this year's books. And I was looking on this table and I was like, hang on a minute. This doesn't seem right. All of these all of these books are all mixed up. And then I saw one of the books had um, her year on. And I was like, huh. And I'm like, hang on a minute. If you're doing a subject not as often maybe you've carried some books over from previous years so then i was like i'll just double check and look and then i was like oh here's here's my eldest's pile of books um and it was a it was a stack of books i'm like uh okay so i started looking through the first one and then the next thing the teacher's like oh you know i'm ready for you i'm like okay um I go in, I sit down, and there's the part of me that wants to say, you know, I've gone in and had my first bad parents' evening. That's not true. That's not the case. I've had a different parents' evening to what I'm used to, what I've experienced previously. It's one of those, I'm not, I'm not too full of myself i'm not too you know whatever to say my children always have good school reports they have good parents evenings it's that simple it's a pleasure to go you know it's basically going and listening to other people tell you how great your children are you get a bit of a curveball when that is not the case and my eldest teacher was like 
um, everything's fine, everything's fantastic, everything's wonderful. But she said something to me, and I went, that's a bad sign. And she said, how do you think she's getting on at school? And I went, well, we could talk about this, or we could talk about what I know is an area that she's struggling with. Um, And the teacher was like, yes, that's what we should be talking about. So we went through all this stuff. I am not... I was going to say I'm not a man who looks to throw blame, but that's not necessarily true. If I can find... (laughs) If I can find someone to blame, I'll blame them. Um... And I did sort I did sort of say to the teacher, I was like, this is not the first time this subject's come up. It's not the first time it's not the first parents even this this subject's come up. This has been going on for a while now. Kind of trying to highlight how have we got this far with the same issue? How is that possible? From a teacher slash school perspective surely this should have been dealt with sooner but not a lot that can be done about it now not a lot could be done to change that now so we have to move on so i was like right you know what can i do and teacher's like you can do this and this and this and this and then there's a there's other stuff you can do and there's this and then, you know there's part of me that thinks oh, maybe i'm making this sound worse than it is i can't stress enough that the teacher's like your daughter is overachieving at this stage in the year. It's overachieving in everything. And I'm also not saying that it's like, she's overachieving, but she's very naughty. It's not that. It's just one area that has, that she is not overachieving in. So obviously if she's overachieving in everything else, they want everything to be in a line. Especially at this stage of school. So it's like, you know, what can I do? You can do this, 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 this and this. I was like, right, fine, that's great, we'll do that. Uh, I was like, and what are you going to do? You know, as the educators. Well, we're going to do this, 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 this and this. I was like, okay. And then, in the new year, we're going to do this. I was like, okay, that all sounds like fine, great, wonderful, fantastic. Um, Parents' evening was brought to rather abrupt end when the teacher realised, you know, there are other parents to see. And I was like, I guess we're done here. And I walked away from it. Now then... I run a very simple system in my house. Bring me a good school report. You can have whatever you want. I go and speak to your teacher and she tells me, he tells me, they tell me that you are doing well in school. You can have whatever you want within reason. And that is is the standard deal I offer. Uh, My youngest daughter, I I got her a gift. And I said to my middle daughter, whatever you want, Within reason, you tell me, we'll start it. <sighs> Question is, how would you have the other conversation? How would you have the conversation when you say, 
you had a good parents evening but it wasn't 100% great so so I was like I know I need to have this conversation but how and I did the best thing possible I left it until the last available opportunity and then went hey let's have this conversation which went down like a lead balloon because uh, my daughter was very protective of these things and basically it was the end of the world as you'd expect but the whole time I'm like <sighs> kind of like what am I supposed to do I don't really know what I was supposed to do about these things. I'm like, like I even said to my daughter, I was like, I can't do it for you. I would if I could, but I can't. I can't go to school for you and sit in the lesson and try and learn the new way of doing things. Because apparently the way that we all learned to do stuff, it was wrong or different or not right. And now you have to learn a way to learn a way to do a thing. And it was, yeah, it's been a learning experience for everybody. Um, and I have to learn to find a way to help this child slash my children going forward because I don't know that this is, you know, I don't know that this isn't the start of something. You know, maybe this is a conversation I'm going to have to have with another child at some point in time. Or the same child in a different way further down the line. Or what? Which combination of things it's going to be? I don't know. But maybe I'm going to have to get used to it. So, uh, I've been having an issue with my what? Now I know what you're thinking. That's that that's one way of segueing. And you're right, that is one way of segueing. Um been having an issue with my watch. Which I'm always like, it's technology, so it's about to be you know, it's it's definitely gonna break at some point. So my watch wasn't working in a particular way. And I was like, oh, here we go, this is nonsense, this is rubbish. And uh, like the screen was coming on when it wasn't supposed to. Like the, the watch is designed that when you raise your wrist as if you're looking at the time, the screen comes on. I've done it, so you can see. Obviously, you can't see me, so it doesn't matter. When you put your wrist down, when you put your wrist when your wrist is still, that watch is supposed to go off. However, I was having an issue recently where I was like, the watch screen isn't going off. The watch screen is coming on when it's not supposed to. What is going on here? What is wrong? So I'm like, you know, oh, it doesn't need updating, doesn't need change. Is it starting to break? Is it starting to break? I noticed this going along hand in hand with another issue. And the other issue is that I've been able to see the infrared light thing from the emit from the back of the watch at various points in time. And I was like, oh, I know what the problem is. 
I've reached that point, which is every every person's favourite point when, you know, oh, I'm trying to lose some weight, where I've lost some weight and it's actually now starting to make a difference. Because as I always say, the first place you want to lose weight is absolutely in your wrist. Realised recently that I was like, I might have to take a link out of this watch band because it's loose. And I've got a kit. I've got like a tool and a kit thing. Um, you put it in the, the base and you turn a thing and it pops the pins out. And you just pop a link out basically. Um, and then do it all back up. Job done. Everyone's happy. And I was like, oh wow. That's, that's where I'm at, is it? I've lost some weight. And I've lost it from my wrist. The one place that I'm absolutely... I'm, I'm super pleased that I lost weight from. Um, something I was going to mention at the at the back end was um, it's Monday today, weigh-in day, lost weight again. Um, so I looked back and I was like, "That's three weeks of consistently losing weight. It's not, it's not big weight. It's not huge weight. It's not large amount of weight. It's just weight loss." Um, at the rate I'm going, I'll be 60 by the time I lose the weight that I want to lose. But I'm starting to I'm starting to wonder if my body's maybe getting the idea at this point and starting to, you know, get in line kind of thing. Um, so we'll see on that one. Um, I've, I, I have potentially... I've potentially started a running club, which apparently today turned into like some kind of box boxing club. It was a very it's a very strange situation. I am in a lot of ways. I'm a bit like one of those people who's like, I've got enough friends. I don't need any more friends in my life. Um, kind of things, you know. I've got. I've got friends that go back 30 plus years. I've got friends that go back 10 years. But it's not like I've got new friends. Um, so, myself and somebody I know, having a conversation. Um, he's recently got into running. Obviously, I've been running for a little while. He was asking me a couple of tips and pointers and, um, you know, what do you do about this pain and what do you do for that pain? And I was like, oh, you know, try this, do this, make sure you're doing this. Um, just in that kind of, he's new to it and I'm not sort of situation. I don't, I don't pretend to be any kind of authority on this sort of thing. It's just more of an experience. So these conversations have been going on for a while now. And one day, about a month ago, I was like, hey, I don't suppose you fancy getting up at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning and going for a run, do you? Sent, said completely jokingly, it wasn't serious in any way, shape or form, 
What it was, was I needed to change the way I was doing things on a Saturday morning for purely selfish reasons. I kept struggling to get a parking space at Climbing. And that included getting there at like 15 minutes before they opened. I got there 50, I got there 20 minutes before they opened one day. And all the parking spaces were taken. There was, I don't know if I'm, I think I mentioned this, but there was a point in time where I lost a parking space because I was doing a jiggle. So I pulled out of the space to pull back in, having done a jiggle. And somebody just pulled into the space. And I was like, well, you're absolutely the worst human being there's ever been. Uh, and now I have the joy of seeing that person every Saturday morning. Um, so getting there 20 minutes before they opened and there's no parking spaces and people queuing to get in at tw 20 minutes before they open. I was like, this is unacceptable. So I jokingly said to somebody, I've made a decision. Instead of doing things in the order of um, go for a run, then walk the dog, then get to climbing for quarter to nine and there being no space, and then having to drive ten minutes away to walk back and be there, quote-unquote, late, I need to make a, make a change. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk the dog, then drive to climbing and just do a run that's two two and a half three miles in the vicinity of climbing go back to the car grab my bag go in and then when i'm done the car is outside no issues so off the back of that i was saying to someone uh, oh, i don't suppose you fancy a run saturday morning purely joking purely because i was going to be in the area and i was i think i was trying to spark a conversation more than anything not expecting this person to say i absolutely fancy her on saturday morning that sounds amazing let's do that like what seriously they were like yeah absolutely i live five minutes away from where you're gonna be and i can do a two mile run so let's do it I'm like okay and i gave them a lot of opportunities to you know get out of it by saying it's gonna be early so you sure yeah absolutely i'm usually up at six yeah but on a saturday yeah on a saturday well okay if you want to do it we can do it but i'm saying we don't have to do it i'm going to be doing it anyway you don't have to no i'm down so we went out, we ran the furthest distance that the other person had run, got back, I got, I managed to get back to climbing, I had like 20 minutes to hang around outside, I'm like, I mean this is pretty awesome, I have ticked a lot of boxes at this point in time, so, yeah this is cool, so, the next, literally the next week, I was like, hey, got a bit of a problem. Um, and that problem is that um, I've got all the children, it's the holidays, um, I need to be at home for um, a particular time. And then I would have to um, 
I, I need to be at home at this time because I need to leave the house at this time to drive to pick my eldest friend up to get back to climbing so it's going to be different this week and the only way I can work it out is if we go for a run at like 6.30 on Saturday morning now I fully do not expect you to get up at ridiculous o'clock and go running so you know don't worry about it and the other person was like I'm fine with that I was like, yeah, but it's stupid early. You don't want to be doing that on your day off. I am fine with that. Don't you worry about it, pal. I was like, okay. The whole time this is going on, I spoke to somebody else. And was kind of relaying part of this conversation, having other conversations, talking about what I do for like exercise, they were talking about what they do for exercise, and they said in passing, I really need to get back to running. I haven't been in a couple of months. And I said, well, you're more than welcome to come with me and -and so-and-so on a Saturday, because we go on a Saturday. Obviously, this Saturday we're going a lot earlier, so I wouldn't expect you to join in for that. But normally, we go about 8 o'clock. And this person said, that sounds great. And I was like, what is happening here? What's with all these people who want to go running at a stupid o'clock on a Saturday? I was like, well, like I say, you know, six 6.30 on Saturday. And they, and they were like, look, that is probably too early for me, but 8 o'clock's fine. So that was a week ago, and again, I gave everybody involved as many chances as possible to get out of this, and nobody did. So next thing, I'm like, right, I will see you Saturday morning at 8. Don't forget, we've got somebody joining us. They were like, that's fine, job done. The other person was like, I'll see you then. It's like, okay then. Saturday morning rolls around, I get to be where I'm supposed to be, when I'm supposed to be there. I go off and meet the first person. I was like, right, we need to walk back, but we can do our run in reverse. No problems, no dramas, no issues. So I get back to basically where I started. We hung around a bit. The other person showed up because I was like, this is one of those, they might just not come. Bear in mind they were texting like, one more way, oh, I'm, I'm just down the road. All that sort of stuff. They rock up, we set off for a run, we go for a run. Everybody finished the run, nobody died. No falling over, no nothing. I'm like, did we just start a running club? And they were like, think so um okay then in the <laughs> in the process of like the aftermath of this got talking about like running and like what everyone else does one of them used to go to a boxing gym got really into it the other one's like oh i used to go to a boxing gym as well I was like, I always wanted to do the the training aspect of these sort of places, but not the boxing side of things. I've got no real interest in the boxing aspect of it. I don't need to get punched in the face for the fun of things. 
But I do fancy doing that super intense training. And we got talking about like various different styles of intense training and what these guys have done previously. Which then turned into, oh, maybe we could, <laughs> maybe we could look at going and doing something like that. Next thing, <laughs> come today, I was like, oh, I was inquiring about this and that and the other and talking about this, that and the other and like various different types of training. Next thing, they're like, oh, well, we can go here. I was like, yeah, we can go there if you want. Oh, otherwise, we can go here, but I'm sorry, you'd have to give us a lift. I was like, I mean, I'm fine driving if it gets us somewhere. All right, cool, well, let's do that. <laughs> like, what have I got myself into now? <laughs> so, yes, possible boxing club and running club. That's that's the way it, that's the way it goes, I guess. Speaking of Saturday... <coughs> this was my Saturday. The cliff notes of my Saturday. I got up at quarter to six. It was very much dark. The dog's like, what are you doing? It's like, well, it's time to get up, in it? He's like, okay, cool. I'm off back to bed. I'll see you later. I was like, <laughs> uh, no. He was like, what? I was like, I'm off to get ready to run. And you're going to get ready to go for a walk. <coughs> he was like, yeah, I'm off to bed. And that's what he did. Right up until I came back with his lead and his harness. So, out the door, walk the dog. Get back with the dog. By this point, everybody's sort of getting up and getting sorted in the house. And I'm like, right, I'm going to catch you guys later. Because i got to go. Jump in the car. Drive over. Park up at Climbing. Nice and early. Like, early. Go meet the first guy. Go meet the second guy. We go and do a run. Do um, what's one of the guy's longest ever runs, as I was saying before. I'm like, well, you know, that was the idea. That's why we're here. <coughs> Go to climbing. Do um, best part of two hours. Well, it's an hour and a half. Why am I saying two hours? It's an hour and a half. Literally. Exactly an hour and a half. Do that. Jump in the car. Drive home. Once I get home, collect... One, two, three of four children. Go back to climbing. Obviously, full well known that I'm not going to get parked. Park, like I was saying before, ten minutes away, walk down, get in there, get everybody sorted, get everyone booked in, go in. Then I have to supervise three children, on and off, climbing, lunch, more climbing. Swap with Leanne take the three younger children obviously that's a weird way of saying it but take the three youngest children home which then just turns into absolute carnage once they get in the house my son's sole purpose in life is just destruction it's like hey you see all these books on this bookshelf i'm like uh-huh he's like do you want to see what they look like on the floor I'm like not really it's like tough um, 
And my two youngest daughters just then turn into... It's like a mixture of a Tasmanian devil mixed with Wolverine. Um, <coughs> I basically try and... It's, it's, a, it's an art form, but it's basically trying to stay out of things whilst also keeping a watchful eye on everything. It's very difficult to master, but it's very it's a very useful skill. So, um, Leanna, my eldest, get back. Then it's tea time. Tea was one of those teas, where it's like you're just making it constantly. You're just churning it out and putting it on plates, and everybody's eating, and then you're making more and putting it on plates, and everybody's eating. Rinse and repeat, basically. That's it. The dog for a walk. Then descends into um, like a bed a bedtime of sorts. So my middle daughter started staying up a little bit longer. My eldest stays up longer anyway. <coughs> so it's a bit like right, okay, well you know, son to bed, youngest daughter to bed. Deal with the, the middle daughter once she's ready to go to bed. So watch movie with my eldest. She goes to bed. Then I'm like, cool. It's half nine. Should probably have something to eat. Sit down, have a drink. You know, that kind of thing. And it was the point where I was like, what a day. When you're sitting looking at the the clock and it's like 10 o'clock and you're just basically eating. Um, It was the first proper meal of the day. And you're like, quarter to six was a long ass time ago. Um, and obviously your day's not over because you want some semblance of normality, I guess. So you try and fit as much in past that point as you can get in before eventually toddling off to bed. Um but I've been I've been wondering about a theory recently. Um, I've talked about this before, and it and it largely common sense. I'm not telling. I'm not about to tell you that I've I've broken new ground on a theory about getting out of bed. But as a forty-three-year-old man, it is a new theory for me. I am I am a man of the snooze button. A number of people in the past have said to me, why do you have all those alarms? And I'm like, so I can get out of bed. They're like, when the alarm goes off, get out of bed. I'm like, <laughs> please. Chat, please. Um, that's not how this works. Set an alarm 15 minutes before you have to get out of bed. So you get the sweetest sleep of all. The 15 minute snooze. Taking Saturday as an example, I worked it backwards. I needed to be at the newly formed running club by eight. I needed to walk the dog. So, getting out of bed at quarter six seems excessive, but quarter six is six o'clock by the time you've got dress, toilet, teeth, etc. 
six to quarter past well six to quarter past is getting the dog ready so toilet harness lead etc medium dog walk is 35 minutes door to door so quarter past six basically call it seven o'clock because you know there's going to be another toilet involved which there was by the time you get back at seven you need to feed the dog so give the dog breakfast let him out to the toilet again and then that's him done jump in the car drive across across to climbing 10 minutes so at this point in time we're looking like half seven quarter to eight for whatever and i need to be at newly formed running club for eight o'clock so that quarter to six start isn't looking like the worst idea so recently whereas previously it would be a case of oh i need to be here at eight well you know i can do everything in an hour so let's go for seven knowing full well as i've just explained absolutely can't get any of it done in an hour so that's insanity Leon said to me the other day how many days have you got up before six o'clock this week and i was like um well monday not sure why that was but it did tuesday uh, Wednesday went climbing Thursday went climbing Friday no Saturday yes Sunday no so I was like <sighs> is it better is it better to have the alarm go off you get out of bed and you go right the best thing for me to do right now is to go 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 or go back into bed for 15 minutes what's it going to hurt what's it going to difference it's going to make well let me give you an example monday today monday i go into the office and i take my son's nursery that in itself is an hour i know this I had an alarm that went off at half six. I said to myself, I need to leave the house at seven to run so I can get a decent run in, sets me up for the day. In my head, I had two things going on. One was I can get back into bed for 15 minutes, the sweetest sleep of all, and still get up at quarter to seven and go and get the day started. There is nothing wrong with getting back into bed, having 15 minutes of the sweetest sleep, getting up at quarter to seven, getting out of the door at seven, and away we go. Problem was, I was awake enough to have all of these thoughts. So there was a part of me that was sending myself off back to bed, basically fully awake. Now that, it's a bad idea. So, fully convinced that I'm still able to achieve absolutely everything I need to, this morning, 
if I go back to bed. That's what I did. A part of me that was like, yeah, but you know, you've been getting up recently, you've been doing well, and you've really been seeing the benefits of getting up and getting after it and getting started with your day. And there's that part of me that was like, yes, but I'm taking some of that back. I'm taking some of that power back by getting into bed and having 15 minutes extra, and then I'm going to get up and do everything. You will know as well as I do that if you are fully awake and fully formed, having fully formed conversations with yourself, the absolute worst thing you can do is get back into bed. Because the sleep you fall into is almost like a coma. When that alarm goes off again, 15 minutes later, it's like you can't hear it. And you turn it off instinctively, but you turn it off because you are dead to the world. And next thing, it's five or seven kids and we've lost an extra 10 minutes on top of the 15 minutes that we probably couldn't afford to lose. And now, we're behind. So... What do we do? Well, we're out of bed at 5 to 7. As previously mentioned, 15 minutes to get out of the door. Out of the door. Okay, well, you know, not the run that we wanted, but let's go for a half-hour run. Half-hour run gets us back at quarter to eight, but for some reason it's not quarter to eight. Reason being is, slept funny, bad hip, struggling to walk was weirdly fine whilst running but walking was worse and took longer well now it's 10 to 8 I walk through the door and you've got a whole host of things that need to do to get A son to nursery B me to work and I don't know if you know this but the one time that you need to get into the bathroom to do all of the things you need to do the, the shower, the toilet, the teeth brush, all of those things, is also the one point in time where every other single person in the house needs to be in the bathroom. And it's like Piccadilly Station. So time's just dragging on, dragging on, dragging on. And you're getting nothing done. Well, now it's 8 o'clock and you've got 10 minutes to... Brush teeth, go to the toilet, have a shower, get dressed, get, you know, all the things that you need to do to be able to walk out the door, take your son to nursery, etc, etc. And that's supposed to have happened by ten past eight. Yeah, spoilers, it didn't. And then everything's on the back foot. Traffic's worse. Getting across town's worse. All the roadworks that are all over the place. Because apparently we can't have enough roadworks. So much worse. And the worst thing of all. The worst part of it all. Is you spend the entire time kicking yourself. Because you know that every single thing that's not going right that's a disaster, that's going wrong, that's behind, that's running late. All of that 
rests on your shoulders because you made the wrong decision to get back into bed for the quote-unquote extra 15 minutes. Is getting up earlier better? On one hand, no. It's just not. When ultimately you are in a position where you just do not have control over your own life, your own waking hours, getting out of bed 15 minutes earlier just isn't that appealing. Is it the right thing? Is it the best thing overall? Absolutely. Doesn't make it the right thing though, does it? Final thing for the week. Could be considered a little bit of a weird one. But can somebody answer me this question? In this situation, it may be rhetorical. But in all the things that we talk about as a society, global warming, uh, wind turbines, solar-powered panels, solar generators, hydroelectric dams, plastic in the ocean, water levels rising, the hottest year on record, year in, year out, the wettest year on on record, year in, year out, of all the things we talk about, why as a society is there one thing that goes completely unspoken about? Unspoken about? I'm not sure that's the right thing to say, but anyway... Why do we why do we not talk about the storms? Why is it that we don't talk about the fact that pretty much every 48 hours we have a storm that lasts for 4 days? A tree near my house is a very big tree. It's very old. It's like I kind of want to call it like a grass tree. It's got a lot of long thin leaves that hang down it's massive it looks like a strange kind of hairdo a little while ago when there was a storm about a third of this tree just fell down and i presume the council came and took this big log away and trimmed this tree back trim 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 made it look all pretty like it had a haircut beautiful took the dog out for a while this evening because at the moment we're dealing with yet another storm and it was like somebody taken a cutting tool to this tree and was just like i'm just going to chop bits off this and throw it on the ground is that good with you twigs bits of tree everywhere it's blowing gale force winds out there raining sideways luckily for me at that time wasn't actually raining which was interesting seemed strange on this super strong wind and no rain um but we have a storm every few days i've been talking about this for years but i was thinking about it today i was like this wasn't how it was 20 years ago wasn't this wasn't how it was 30 years ago when i was at school this wasn't how it was if you had a storm in those days, it was a big thing. It was like, oh, did you hear the wind last night? Oh my word, it was amazing. So and so lost some tiles off their roof because it was so strong. The wind was so strong because it was a thing. It was an event. It was not a daily occurrence. Literally, we have a storm every few days and nobody's talking about it. 
It's weird. I don't understand it. That's the week. Uh, that's your week right there. Now then, I'm going to say my favourite phrase, which is no TV. Which is strictly not true. Allow me to explain. I watched the thing on Netflix the other day. Because I wanted to. Because it was something that I saw advertised. I was like, I'm going to watch that. There was only one problem. It was one of these 10 comedians do a thing on Netflix. And I went, cool. I only want to see one of them. And that comedian was on first. So it was like a birthday celebration for the uh, for the improv. Uh, one of the comedians that was going to be featured on out of the 10 was Bert Kreischer. I was like, I'm going to watch that. And Bert was on first. So I watched his bit, and then somebody came on that I don't really know. I was like, I'm not interested in this anymore. I'm going to turn this off. And I've not been back to it, and I probably won't. So there's that. Uh, TV-wise, deuces, baby. No, not TV. Movie-wise, deuces. Um, and they're both new to me, so we can talk about it. How good? Movie number one, and you're going to be like, why? Well, I'll tell you. I watched The Matrix Resurrections. That's right, the fourth in the Matrix franchise. Now I know what you're thinking. Why the hell would you do that? I'm going to tell you why I would do that. And the reason is... Because the only critics review I care about is this critics review. Yes, I am fully aware that this film had some of the worst reviews there has ever been. However, two things come to me. One, um, somebody I know posted on Facebook one time, or Twitter maybe, that they'd been to see this film at the cinema and they thoroughly enjoyed it. And they went through the whole, it's not for everybody, I know, so why people don't like it, but you've got to look past those things, and these are the reasons why I like it. And I'm like, that sounds quite interesting. Number two, I used to love The Matrix. The first one, fantastic film. I've seen it a bajillion times. The, the, the two films that came after it got progressively worse as they went on. The second one was not as good as the first, but... You know, you can kind of see where it was, where it went. And the third one was just terrible. That was that. That was the end of the franchise. Now, I, being the naive little cherub that I am, said, you've got to look at the fact that they made another one. You've got to look at the fact that they got it made. So there's got to be something there. There's either got to be a good script or there's going to be, you know, the acting's got to be good or the action's going to be good. And then you could overlook all of the rest of it. Well, how wrong can a man be? It was it was it was truly awful. I don't know how many more times I need to say this, but making it out that you 
know that you're doing a sequel or a reboot or a remaster or a reworking or a re requill was that for that thing from scream telling the audience that you know that's what you're doing doesn't make it okay especially if you say it a hundred times it's just annoying it doesn't make it okay then peppering the film with stuff from the originals non-stop doesn't make any sense then you've got to ask yourself the question why were certain actors not in it because it's not like Lawrence Fishburne's not doing films with Keanu Reeves these days so why wasn't he in it and why is Hugo even not in it and what is it that we're doing here so you got all of that going on so then they went with okay we've got to put something else in we don't want people looking too much into why the hell this film is a thing so just use big words just use big words to hide the fact that there is no explanation for this whatsoever let me ask you this who was this film made for fans of the originals i say fans of the originals is a bit of a stretch who was this film made for the, the the children of now generation that probably don't know the original films people who watched and enjoyed the originals is it for them because it was terror it was truly of there was there were no redeeming factors about this film the, the, it treated the audience like the audience was an idiot uh, I I can't say enough bad stuff about it. But I can say this. I came up with an idea. Films like this should have competitions attached. So, somebody somewhere along the line says this phrase. I think we should do another Matrix. Somebody else says... Yeah, we could probably make that work. Now, these are often have to be people in power, have to be people way up the food chain. Top of Warner Brothers says, bring me ideas for a new Matrix movie. I feel now's the time. Somebody goes away and comes back at X amount of time later and says, here is the script, and this is how we're going to do it, and this is how we're going to make it. And that person says, go, take this $250 million and make me... A billion dollar Matrix movie. And they take the $250 million and make a $90 million Matrix movie. Those numbers are not confirmed. So they should instead do a competition. They should say, we at Warner Brothers are, prepare are prepared to green light another Matrix. If you think you can write a script worthy of the new Matrix movie, do it, bring it to us, and we will put you into a competition. So you'll get hundreds of thousands of people sending scripts. You pay P 
people in your studio a fraction of the money you're going to spend on the film to read those scripts, weed out the trash. Once you get it down to, like, you know, a few hundred, then you turn it into a televised competition where you say, these are the, the essentially the finalists or the first round of finalists for this competition. You give people heads up what you're doing. And then it goes into, like, almost like a sudden death situation. People are given weekly challenges to rewrite parts of the script to then pass a board, uh, like a, a certification board, or whatever you want to call it. So each week, 10% are eliminated. So 20 go in the first week, and etc. Once it gets down to, like, 50 you have to work on the principle that the 50 scripts that you're left with are going to be some of the best things you've ever read. I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about The Matrix, I'm talking about any film franchise that you decide to bring back. You now have 50 of the best scripts ever written. By all kinds of talent from all walks of life. And again, sudden death. So each week from then on, five or ten people are eliminated. till you get down to twenty. And each week they've got the opportunity to rewrite bits. They can team up if they want to. Whatever the rules are, you now have twenty of the finest scripts ever written you start getting those people together with filmmakers those people start sharing their vision their dream their passion this is how i see it the filmmaker says that's not possible to do is there any way you could rewrite it so i can make that movie absolutely you eliminate another 10 and you are left with the 10 finest scripts now at this point you are going to struggle to pick a winner you bring it down to three people and you say to those three people can you three now work together to take this one film and turn it into a three film deal okay so we work it and we rewrite it and da 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 Eventually, you are going to end with what is the finest script that has ever been written in human history. You then take it to the finest filmmaker you can get your hands on, and you make a sequel that blows all the originals out of the water. So much so that those originals don't even exist anymore. You can't talk about the original Matrix without saying... Matrix Resurrections was possibly the greatest film ever made. Even now, 20 years later, it still stands up as possibly the greatest film ever made. It made me question parts of my life. I changed my religion. I changed everything just to try and get closer to that movie. That's my dream for filmmaking for the future. And honestly, it would cost a fraction of the money spent to turn to churn out a steaming pile of horseshit 
than to get the finest script ever written by human hands. And I'm going to give you that for free. Now, bearing in mind, if you do decide to go with this idea, I want a little ch-ch-ching cheddar cheese kickback. But hey, I'm sure you'll find a way to say that it wasn't my idea. I watched another movie, but in a bit of a... Not a bit of a movie-watching kick. In a bit of a... There's been some films that have passed us by for one reason or another. Like, you know, usually having to pay for stuff. (laughs) Um... And that is very much it. Like a film you would have to pay for that you're not prepared to pay for kind of gets in a bit of a sticky situation. But what's nice is if they go onto a streaming service like Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills is the second of the three most recent Halloween films that's some kind of sequel reboot. I think it works on the principle that there was basically like Halloween and then the first of these three films. Basic plot is that at the end of the first of these three, um, Michael Myers was trapped in the basement of a burning house and that's basically the end of it. But it's Michael Myers, so, you know, back he comes. Um... Straight off, straight out of the front, I want to say this. It was fine. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It was just fine. It was fairly inoffensive. Um, one thing I will say that just stood out so weird to the point that I had to presume it was intentional was up until a certain point in this film, Michael did not get shot once. He was shot at about 150 times did not get shot a single time till the end of the film it was so weird and it stood out so much that it had to be intentional was the only thing I could think so there was that second thing that stood out to me that I started forgetting to feel a bit weird about was I found myself rooting for Michael. I don't know why he wasn't... The... For want of a better way of putting it, I'm going to have to categorise it like this. The human characters, the human elements of this film. Because Michael's supposed to be some kind of, some kind of supernatural entity, which the whole time made me wonder... What exactly is it that Michael's supposed to be? Because I was like, oh, you've got Jason and you've got Michael, you've got Freddy. Well, no, Freddy doesn't count because Freddy is a thing. He is created in dreams. So he can be a supernatural entity. And with Jason, I think there was supposed to be something to do with the, the lake itself. Possibly some sort of voodoo as well. But what is Michael supposed to be? Now, there is a point towards the back end of Halloween Kills where they talk about what it is that makes Michael the way he is, i.e. can just keep going. And it was kind of okay, but at the same time, I was like, what? What is Michael supposed to be? Is he, like, some kind of zombie? He's just an entity. 
Anyway, Halloween kills. Michael's not dead. Comes back. And does what Michael does. Starts murdering people in very familiar places. You know, places he's been before. The the house, the old house. The, the, you know, the very, very famous house. All this. The issue I had, and very much by the end of the film, the biggest issue I had was that I didn't like any of the characters. But I kind of... I, I kind of liked the Michael character most, which meant by the end of it, I was rooting for him. I was like, yeah, kill him, kill them all. You've got generic guy. Am I supposed to feel something for this guy? Or am I like, just just kill him, get rid of him. He, he's boring. At least, at least Michael's in some way interesting. And you've got the family, you've got the three generations, you've got Jamie Lee Curtis, her daughter... And then her granddaughter and they're all decided to take on Michael. And the town's decided to take on Michael. And, and you're just like, I hope Michael wins. Because you're all really... I don't know, I don't know, just dull. It's like, I feel no emotional connection to any of you. Other than probably Jamie Lee Curtis's character. It was fine. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. There is a third one. Um, at this stage, I do feel like it's probably going to be a case of having to watch the third one. I don't know when I'll do that. Because I think it was on a streaming service round, weirdly, Halloween. And then it's immediately been taken off. So I'm a bit like, eh. I don't want to have to pay for it. Um... There's been plenty of VR, but nothing new about this list of VR games that I'm like, oh, I want to play that, oh, I want to play that, oh, I want to play that. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed today because um, you can now pre-order Arizona Sunshine 2, sequel to one of my favourite VR games. Comes out in in less than a month at this point. Um, However, they have decided to go with a hefty price point which really put me off the idea of it which is a shame um i am literally hanging out waiting for the black friday sale because rumor has it word on the grapevine has it that the oculus sale is supposed to be quite good Uh, i know that previously i've absolutely rinsed uh previous oculus sales so you know fingers crossed uh, computer games wise other than VR uh, I have played and now as of the night before and last night I've played and finished Spider-Man 2 um, I don't want to give any spoilers one of the things that feels weird about this game is I felt that there were elements of this game that were spoiled for me by seeing little clips here and there on the internet which I didn't think was really going to be an issue or a problem, but it was for this game. There's a lot of mystery around this game. Who is this character? How are they going to do it? How are they going to make it happen? How are they going to make it work? And to give them their dues, they did a very good job of both things. One, how they actually did it, and two, how they hid it. They did a very good job. Overall, the game was very good. Overall, the game had a series of issues. Um... The way they set up the 
collecting stuff by front loading the game with it was poorly done in my opinion um there are times when swinging doesn't feel great in the game and the realization of once they've added web wings to it which is not a spoiler by the way um you tend not to swing which feels weird when ultimately you're playing a spider-man game um I will say this, because this is probably not a spoiler, but, you know, just be be aware. It might be in some way, shape, or form. And by the time you get this, the game will have been out for, like, two months. So, you know. Um, Venom may or may not be in the game. And um, I watched the first Venom movie um, over a few days. And I started watching the second one. And my realisation was that the Venom that they've put in the game is so much better looking than the Venom in the films. Which, you know, I know there was a lot of issues around the Venom that they put in the films anyway. Um, But there is what I would call the We Are Venom bit. Which you get in the film and you get in the game. And in the film it was like, yeah, okay, cool. When they do it in the game, I got actual chills from it. I was like, that is awesome. That is exactly how Venom's supposed to look. How Venom's supposed to sound. And that's exactly how you're supposed to feel off the back of it. Um... It was a very good game. It had, a, it had a few issues here and there. I think I've talked about most of them by this point. Something I will say is this. It took me an entire evening of playing to get 100% because of some of the collectible stuff. And I had to Google a lot how to find some of the collectibles. So bear that in mind. Um, something I don't think I've ever done with a game like this is... I haven't started it again, and I haven't gone hunting for a New Game Plus option. Uh, And the reason is, is because I feel like I want to enjoy the game again. And starting it again instantly may not be the way to do that. So... I've made I've made the choice. I've got I've got a backlog of games to play anyway, so I've made the choice to not start it again. But that is not a sign of how I feel about the game. So just bear that in mind. There we go. That is the podcast for this week. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening to me whittle on about well, who knows what. Uh, I will catch you next time. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another one done, another one gone, another week of, uh, I don't know what we'd call it really, do you? Thank you for watching, thank you for listening, thank you for being here. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we've got social media links and an email button and that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. This is a cookie cast production.